I'm Lisa Mullins, and this is The World. Superstorm Sandy has dominated the headlines here and around the globe all this week. Rightly so, as millions of Americans continue to struggle with the storm's aftermath. And the presidential election is now just four days away and also demanding attention. There is no shortage, though, of crises elsewhere in the world, especially in the Middle East. This week, Syria has seen some of the most intense violence since the uprising against President Bashar al-Assad began a year and a half ago. The Syrian conflict is often described in simple terms, freedom-fighting rebels trying to topple a brutal dictatorship. But whoever wins the U.S. presidential vote on Tuesday will have to grapple with an uncomfortable reality about Syria. Both sides stand accused of committing atrocities. A video posted on YouTube today shows 10 captured government soldiers, some of them wounded, being abused and then executed by rebels. That video was posted by the London-based Syrian Observatory for Human Rights, which is normally sympathetic to the rebels. The footage could not be verified, but Rupert Colville, a spokesman for the UN High Commissioner for Human Rights, says the incident must be investigated. We need to examine this carefully, but the allegations are that these were soldiers who were no longer combatants. Uh, And therefore, at this point, it looks very likely that this is a war crime. The civil war in Syria is just one of the complex situations in the Middle East that will face the White House, regardless of who occupies it next January. And what the White House says and does could have an enormous influence on the people of the region. As a result, they're watching the contest intently. My colleague Marco Werman is in London talking to people from all over the globe about the American presidency. And Marco, I know today you're focusing on the role that America's presidents have played in the Arab world. That's right, Lisa. I'm on the Edgware Road, a busy stretch of central London. And everywhere you turn, you hear Arabic spoken. The smell of mint-flavored tobacco drifts down the road. A lot of people in this neighborhood or their parents came to London to escape oppressive regimes back home. And they recall that for years, American presidents, Republicans and Democrats, gave support to those regimes. Take Sura, for example, born here to Iraqi parents. It's pretty obvious that every single American president that has ever interfered with the Middle East has always done so for their own ulterior motives. Then in late 2010 and 2011, there were, of course, uprisings across the Arab world. Leaders in Tunisia and Egypt fell, in Libya too, ending in that grisly death of Muammar Gaddafi. The novelist Ghazi Giblawi watched his country's revolution from here in London, and he told me the American president played a big part in the drama. Yeah, 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 of course, that, that, that's definite, without any, without any doubt. For example, Obama's um, speech uh, on the uh, eve of uh, the intervention in Libya was very important. We watched that uh, speech and when he started to say, for example, places and cities that are dear to us as Libyans and that we empathize with. From Ajubia, Misrata, and Zawiya. And we find an American president that never been there and never known about these places, maybe even know, doesn't know this place on the map, and talks about it. It is important that made, made the decision very decisive and made us more and more think that it is, this is happening, this is true, this is, this is not going to be just a speech. Ghazi Geblawi comes to this cafe once a week to meet a friend of his, another Libyan named Juma Bukleb. He's a poet and also the cultural attaché at the Libyan embassy here. Bukleb was imprisoned by Gaddafi for 10 years. When he was released, he came to London. 
While we were talking, I told him that I visited Libya six years ago, and I was struck by how much people there seemed to get a kick out of me being from the U.S. That made a lot of sense to him. It's about the idea of America. America, it's a dream. It's the land of the free. It's the big country. And uh, Libyan, they know by experience, living in Libya with Gaddafi, without the Americans there, it's not good. They're losing. They lost. Economically, they lost. Politically, they lost. Culturally, they lost. May I add something also, cultural yeah. aspect that's very important here. Most of the people over there, I mean, it's even in the Arab world, consume lots of cultural products from America, whether it is in movies, yeah. uh, music, books, and so on. And I, that, I, I, I told people I was from Boston, they said, yeah, Larry Bird, Boston Celtics. <laughs> 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 yes, yes. So with this kind of backdrop of, of American culture that Libyans have been really kind of consuming over the years, they saw George W. Bush as the cowboy president, you know, with the six gun. What are some of the other caricatures that they see in, in U.S. presidents? I, I think I think the cowboy is the image that has been spread all over the world for America. American presidents, American politicians, American business people, they're the cowboy, they, the, they come here to our country to take our bucks and go. But the American, I, I think it's nicer if they be faithful to their culture, that culture that, of freedom. The American presidents is part of this culture, should reflect this culture and their foreign policies dealing with people like us because they're the leaders. The American president is the leader of the free world. You still believe that because a lot of people have rejected that in recent years. Yes. I think if you read the uh, Steinbeck, Greg, uh, Graves of Wrath, yeah. you will see that sense of uh, American freedom that I told you not to go out with the stick or the gun. No, we want what you call philosophy of tolerance, accepting the others, defending the others, defending... We want that, we want that, we want that, because we desperate, desperate for it. And you can read some of Giuma Bukleb's poetry online at theworld.org. He's just one of the many fascinating people I've been meeting in London. You can see photos of them on Instagram. Follow PRI The World to get the latest. In the current election, both Barack Obama and Mitt Romney have gone out of their way to portray their commitment to Israel's security. What they haven't talked about much is the Middle East peace process. Peace talks between the Israelis and the Palestinians have ground to a halt at this point. From Jerusalem, the world's Matthew Bell reports on how the unresolved conflict has weighed on presidents in the past and will in the future. <laughs> 